everybody. This is Bill Knauer, and you're listening to Author to Author, where we talk about writing in life, because what it takes to write the book you want to write is also what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. That's true. Author to Author is brought to you by Author Magazine, the premier free writing magazine on the internet featuring articles on writing and the writing life, as well as video interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors across the genres you can Find Author Magazine at authormagazine.org. And we're funded by the good people at the Pacific Northwest Writers Association, supporting writers from pen to publication. Since 1955, you can learn more about the PNWA, pnwa.org. Oh, nice conversation with today's guest, Julia Kelly, who is an award-winning author of books about ordinary women and their extraordinary stories. In addition to The Lost English Girl, that's her latest, her novels include The Last Dance of the Debutante, the Last Garden in England, The Whispers of War, and The Light Over London. In addition to writing, she's been an Emmy-nominated producer, journalist, marketing professional, and for one summer, a tea waitress. Yeah, and so she's someone who moved from romance into historical fiction, and she's had a lot of success with it, and we had a pretty cool conversation about her life, her take on writing, and just uh, what it is to do, to write about the same period and same place, which is England during World War II, over and over again, and keep finding stories. It was a pretty cool conversation. So, I'm glad I get to share it with you, and I hope you enjoy it. All right. Julia Kelly, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. So, all right. So as we do this, The Lost English Girl was published a week ago, dropped. Uh, yeah. This is book number six. I was doing, am I close? Six, five, six? Well, it's a bit of a funny one. So this is my um, fifth historical novel, but I had also written uh, romance before. So I think this is my 13th book. Uh, romance. 12th book. I'm sorry, 12th book. So, so you wrote the six or seven in two years, probably. <laughs> right. Exactly. Very, very fast paced when you're writing in romance. Oh, so. this is awesome. I did not know that about you. Okay. So is Julia Kelly your actual name? No, it's pending. Okay, I thought so. Okay, so you switched. Was your were you publishing under your your given name when you were writing romance? I was publishing under Julia Kelly, so I've always stuck with that. Oh, you have. Oh, interesting. You didn't try to. Usually, when you switch genres, you are advised to get a new name. But no, I know it's one of those kind of hotly debated points among among authors, especially authors who switch genres. As you say, you know. People have lots of opinions about it, but I've I've just been Julia Kelly the whole time. All right, very good. Well, uh, well, so book number thirteen, book five or six in the historical. Would you say it was six? Did we say or five? I think it's five. Yes. Okay, so your fifth historical novel. Uh, do you still get a little? Do you still get a little excited when they publish, or is it all very blasé oh. now? I don't know. Oh, no, it's not blase at all. I do okay. get excited. And I, I am one of those people who really sort of doesn't believe it's going to come out until it's actually in bookstores. And I mm. see readers starting to, I don't know why, it's a little bit of a superstitious thing, but um, I, I I like to see evidence that it's out in the world before I believe it's actually That's really a, a thing. That is a very reserved and practical, <laughs> unromantic <laughs> approach to the publishing process. That's interesting. Like, well, you know, it's so because traditional publishing, you give this manuscript over mm-hmm. and then, I mean, you get, you know, you're getting all the feedback about covers and all the edits, but it's still sort of happening in this magical 
Oz never, <laughs> never, never world before it materializes kind of magically. Well, it's funny you say that because it does in some ways, you know, I've been through this process a number of times, but there's always something different. There's always something new about it. I always am, am asking my agent or editor, like, what, what does that mean? Or what's happening right now? Or you just never know, you know, every, uh, a lot of authors will say this as well, but I think writing every book is, it's just books take on completely different personalities, yeah. even though they're inanimate objects, you know, different books demand different things. Some are easier to write, some are more difficult. Um, and I feel like the publishing process is sort of the same way as well. And I'm not sure why, but it does feel like it is still very much an organic process. And there's lots that happens in the background that I think a lot of readers don't necessarily know about. So I'm always interested in, you know, chatting with readers and talking about, you know, this is what actually goes into these books that you read because I think it's fascinating you're talking about the input of the many people who I mean there's your editor of course and then your copy editor but then there's other decisions that are made around it are you talking about all the sort of creative attention that goes towards a book before it's published Hugely, you know, everybody from the cover designer to yeah. proofreaders, somebody yeah. who sets the actual interior pages, but then it's, you know, people who have relationships with booksellers and yeah. marketing publicity. Yeah. It's such a big team that's yeah. in place at a publisher to get a book from, from beginning, of, you know, the beginning of the manuscript to, to the market, to bookshelves. You know, I have friends who have either just, just do independent publishing or moved over to it. And I understand why they do it, but I will say that I publish traditionally and I love that aspect of it. I, I find it so moving in a way that there are all these people putting yes. their doing putting their expertise on this thing that I cared very much about, from my agent all the way up to the sales team, you know. And I, I love the team aspect of it, even if it's only brief, then they move on to the next thing, you know. Yes. But I think for that time it means a lot to me at least. Absolutely. No, I, I, I like the sort of, it takes a village to, to yeah. publish a book expression. It's, you know, it's there for a reason. It really is the case. You know, I do remember when I published my first book, uh, like you, it just occurred to me as hearing you say it, it was maybe different for me, but maybe not that until it came out, I kept thinking they were going to say, wait a minute, what? we don't want to publish this book. What Are you kidding me? I kind of was like, so you, you sure you want to do this, right? And they did, but I couldn't quite believe that they had fell for something in a way, even though I love the book, you know? I think in some ways, maybe that's a little bit where mine comes from is it's like, oh, they they still want me to do this. And they're still yeah. like, this is the thing that I do now. This is my, this is my livelihood. Yeah, Willie Vlauten is an American novelist. I was talking to him and he was like, yeah, man, they just keep letting me do it. So I'll keep doing it. There you <laughs> go. All right, so let's talk about the switch. So you made the switch from uh, writing romance. So I assume, yes. of course, historical fiction and romance have a lot of crossover. If you were you writing historical romance, I I was, I was. I okay. was. So How historical? Was, Regency. Uh, I was writing Victorian. Um, Victorian. So I was Different yeah. than Regency. Different, actually, yes, it is. And yeah. that's a common misconception that it's yeah. not. Um, but I was writing about London and Edinburgh and um, I moved to London. So I have an American accent for a reason. I was born and raised in Los Angeles, um, <laughs> but I moved over to London and um, it, I was sort of in the process of finishing a romance series at the time that I made that move. And I... There is something about being in London. You cannot help being surrounded by the history because it's literally all around you. And I was yeah. around a lot of World War II memorials and monuments. And I kept 
thinking, you know, this is really interesting. People, it's it's a very present thing in this city and in this country. Still, still. Still, still. People talk about, you know, my, this is what my grandparents did during the war or, you know, literally the, the landscape of London has been changed by the bombings during the Blitz. Yeah. And so as you get to know a little bit more about it, I, I became really interested in it. And I think when you're an author, often you're sort of, cherry picking and then storing away ideas and yeah. things as you learn them. So for me, it was a very natural thing to then want to take a look at World War II. And I had an idea for a pitch. And it turned out that my publisher actually um, very serendipitously wanted somebody to write uh, World War II British fiction. And that's what I was interested in doing. So it was kind of this perfect marriage of me wanting to make this change and them wanting me to make that change. Interesting. But who, so who, so is the publisher, the same publisher was publishing your romance? Yes. Yes. But so under a different imprint or whatever. Group. That's right. Okay. So it's a different imprint, but the imprint was in the same group as the publisher that I'm, I'm still published with. Cause I have, my editor publishes with my and but she also runs another I've thought about yes. wanting to move over into her direction so was it one of those where you were interested in that side of her job or his job exactly right exactly yeah. right often they're sort of doing a lot of things at the yeah. same same publishing house all right so but you know romance has its own giddy app I remember I, I was interviewing a romance who was it Julia Cameron I can't remember she was like yeah I was writing what they they put me in kind of literary and then I realized it just wasn't what my thing was doing and so romance has its thing. The readers have yes. an expectation. The readers really Absolutely. have an expectation. And that's, you know, when I read genre fiction as a young person, I really wanted it to be like I had certain ideas. right? So you had to kind of shift gears. You couldn't quite approach it the same way, right? You had to have a different, a little, I'm sure similarities, but still you have to do it differently. Absolutely. You know, the, the big shift for me was mostly focusing the story rather than on a relationship between two people. The story really became about, in my case, because I, I write predominantly about women during the sure. war um, and telling those stories, I really shifted into talking about a woman's journey from sort of where she is at the beginning of the book all the way through. It's so almost like coming of age. Um, right. You know, those right. books that I loved so much when I was a teenager. It's right. it's like that, but in adult fiction. And so I think, you know, for me, a lot of that focus means that sometimes there's romance in, in my books, but sometimes it's focusing on female friendship or familial relationships. I've written about right. motherhood a few times. Right. And so it gives me some options and ability to explore different things themes within within my books and then of course there's historical fiction is this huge umbrella right so it sometimes there's an element of mystery sometimes we're talking about multiple povs or dual timelines it's, there's so much you can do within historical fiction yeah i have another friend who's a romance writer and she did romance for years and she was cranking them out and then she started writing what I don't know what they call it now, but they called it mom lit because around the time when chick lit was a thing. Right, but she, but right. it was very different kind of stories. It was aimed at women. It was much more realistic. And what she said to me was, my romances were fairy tales, essentially. She was doing yeah. historically. So they essentially were, and I love fairy tales, she said, but there were aspects of my life and life that I was contending with that really didn't fit into the scope of a fairy tale. And I had to write about them. Like I had to address them and did does that is that a fair division in terms of sort of the way sure not all romance but there is an aspect to it where there's a kind of emotional something you can depend on emotionally that whereas yeah. in historical you know it's a little deals with more of the darkness of life probably not exclusively 
Absolutely. I think with, you know, with romance and with any, you know, area of genre fiction, I, I love genre fiction. And one of the things I love both as a writer and a reader of it is that you have this contract with the reader. You're yeah. going in and you're saying, okay, in a romance novel, there's going to be a happily ever after. And the book is going to be focused on a relationship uh, that's developing. In, in the case of mystery, there's going to be a crime or a mystery presented and you'll get a resolution, a satisfying resolution hopefully right. by the end of it. So, you know, all these different genres have these different conventions to them and trust me historical fiction has its conventions oh, and its yeah. tropes as well yeah. Yeah. but I think with with genres like romance it's a bit more um it's a bit more set in stone and I think that actually ironically it was a wonderful wonderful um training ground for yeah. me because yeah. having that contract in place and having those restrictions means you have to be really creative as an author in order to tell a different story yeah. uh, and to do something every time where you're reinventing this, this construction. And so as a historical fiction author, it's meant that I have the training to go in a whole bunch of different directions right. and do different things and try to still bring that really character-driven element of romance to those yeah. books yeah. Um, and use that training in a really great way. Yeah, you really have to focus on the story, and I would think because you the kind of you, the reader knows what's going to happen to some degree. Yeah, like, so, like and so you've got a really. I was thinking you're kind of a magician in a way, in that you. It's sort of like when we watch magicians, we know they're not pulling rabbits out of the hat, so we actually know what's happening. We know it's make believe, but it seems so real. And you kind of do the same thing; like they know what's coming. Yeah, but you have to make them believe maybe this time. This Maybe time, it won't. Different. It has to feel like this time it's not actually going to happen. Absolutely right. right. And I, I think it's wonderful reading books where authors pull that off, where they, you know, to the last page yeah. before, you know, the reveal or the couple getting together or the resolution of a mystery, you think there's no way, there's no way they're going to pull this off. This is just, you know, this is just everything they've set up is impossible. And then it happens and you think to yourself, that was great. I really right. loved that. Um, and so when you switched over to the historical, did you think, well, I'll give us a try. And when you started, did, did you feel like, oh, this this feels like my new home, you know, or did you think um, uh, like how was your how did you react to it? I, I really loved it. Um, and I think one of the things that I really loved was there was an element that I hadn't necessarily been able to focus on as much as I wanted to before, which was. Um, female friendship and the development of relationships between women, right. um, platonic right. relationships between women. And I think for me, a lot of that was wanting to explore the sort of different nuances of what that can look like. So whether it's, sure. you know, sisters or friends or women who are sort of from very disparate backgrounds who kind of have to come together through the course of a story, there's a bit more subtlety there. And I had, ironically, I had written about groups of friends um, in my, in my previous novels, and I'd always wow. had an element of that. But now it was being able to pull it out and bring it much more to the center of the stage um, and, and really focus on that in a different way. Yeah, you know, so your books have focused on World War II. So you've written yes. right, five books taking place in World War II. And it occurs to me that in America, but certainly in England, uh, it would make it would be even easier to have books about relationships between women because the men were off fighting the war and getting killed for them. I mean, a lot of them, or they were older and they couldn't do it, but there was just a lot of emptying out of the yeah. young men of that time. They, they were, it was a, such a strange time and women were left probably not fighting the war, but were also asked to run the country in a lot of ways, right? I mean, a lot of really doing the work that couldn't be done anymore by the men that had been at that time. 
Absolutely. And, you know, what you what you get is you get not only women who are, um, you know, at home, literally keeping things ticking over and also filling in roles that men would have held before they had gone off to fight. But you also have women entering into the services, the Royal Auxiliary yeah. Services. So women were, you know, supporting the, the Royal Navy and the Royal Air Force and the Army and every branch of, of the military service here had a, a woman's component to it, as the United States did as well. And so you have women taking a very active role in a way that you saw in World War One with nursing and other areas, right. but really World War II, women really come to the forefront of those support roles. And I think, you know, it's an area of history that we still don't know enough about. Um, really? don't still? Enough about. Still? I think, I think <laughs> people still, people still don't talk enough about the contribution that women made during the war. And I think one of the really interesting things for me as an author who's writing these stories is the number of people who I get emailing and saying, you know, my grandmother did this during the war, right. or my mother did this during the war, and I had no idea. Um, I wish I asked her more about it before she passed away. And, you know, it, it's, and I found your books. And so now I'm interested in going off and doing some research of my own. Nice. And I always find that really satisfying, you know, bringing a reader something new that they have a connection to, but they didn't realize they had an interest in is always really satisfying. Well, the, I was surprised. Well, I, yeah, I guess I was surprised when I was watching the movie about Alan Turing. Uh, the Was it the imitation? No. What, was it imitation the imitation game. It was the imitation mm-hmm. game. That how many women were involved in that code breaking who were, they, would, they gave them these tests and they were, and I was impressed that the English, which was pretty patriarchal at that time, said, could allow themselves to perceive women as capable of doing that. Maybe I didn't have a, give enough people of that time enough, that generation enough faith, but that they would think to, that the women would be seen purely as that sort of intellectual brain power, you know, but apparently necessity being the mother of invention, I guess they kind of had to. Yeah, it's really interesting. You know, war is always fascinating from a from an author perspective because it's a chance for people who wouldn't have had the same opportunities either socially or um, you know economically to move into different roles, and it kind of really challenges what people think about the world and yeah. how people move within the world. So, as an author, it's great because it means that you can expose your characters to a lot of new experiences and kind of put them in situations that might be uncomfortable, but really force them to grow and change. Okay, so book five set in England. Yes. And in World War II, do you think to yourself, oh, I can't, I can't do, I haven't got any, <laughs> this is such a small time and space. I mean, millions of people, millions of stories, but yeah. in some part of you think, I, I can't, I haven't got another one. <laughs> no, I'm I'm in the middle of writing another one actually, and I have a couple of other ideas that I'm sort of exploring. I, I always have something on the on the back burner that's bubbling away, waiting to hopefully become a oh. book at some point. But again, you know, I think um, I think because historical fiction is so expansive and you can do so many different things right. with it, that's always exciting as an author. And then having those additional stories come around when you find the right story and the right structure or treatment for it, it's it's. It's wonderful because then you sit there and you think, okay, that's the book. That's the thing. It's really true. I hadn't thought of it, but historical fiction really is just like this. It's kind of a blank page in that you can take any genre, the possible exception of fantasy and science fiction, but even then it becomes sort of like steampunk and people Mm -hmm. do blend, do blend those things. There's a whole genre about fantasy during, it's a big genre or it's a big series about fantasy during Napoleonic war. Yeah. 
right? I haven't read it, but it's like, it's a big deal. Anyway, so you can take suspense, romance, mystery, war, I suppose, and just boom, 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 plug any of them into the backdrop of history. And you can say, so you can actually, what do you feel like today? What do you feel like this time? Yeah. And what, you know, what's interesting as an author, because I think there's always that challenge as well. You want to make sure that you're still interested in what you're writing. Yeah, and if you've yeah. written several books about a subject or in a time period, you know, finding those things that are exciting to you, you know, maybe it becomes a little bit harder to sort of, whereas in the beginning, everything's exciting because yeah, everything's new, yeah, you know, yeah. you're doing a bit more vetting and figuring out, okay, what feels fresh about this? What's fresh to me? What will I bring to the reader? All of those things. But I, I really do think there are lots of stories still to tell. So you're still interested. Still Absolutely. Interested. I love it. I really yeah. do. Every time I say, I, I write about the same subject a lot every day. And I got to keep reminding, like, what do you, why are you interested in it? now because yeah. if i'm not because i can imitate myself and you probably could too in other words you know how to write like julia kelly like you know yes. what a, you know what a story is you know how to write these characters you know how to but you got to say why what am i actually interested in the story because that's where the real juice comes from yeah and i i will admit i'm an author who likes to play with timeline and perspective mm. and form and so nice. you know in the book that i'm currently working on uh which is very much a manuscript in progress nice. um I am writing a lot of it through letters, which is something that I've done oh, a little bit. Pistolary. Yeah, it's sort of bordering that. It's not okay. entirely, but really working with sort of how do you tell this story for two characters who are going to be apart on the page for yeah. a very long time. And of course, letters were the main form of, right. of communication. So um, it's been fun. It's been, you know, a, a letter is very different than prose. And so uh, it's been a challenge in its own way. But you get to find the voice. It's fun because you can find the voice of the two characters and you get to, exactly. it's sort of like telling it from the first, but it's interesting, not just their voice, but how they would write. Not yes. just, because one thing to have a book narrated by them, but that's different than how they would write. Right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I think I'm still a little early where I'm still figuring out like, what is it that comes across in the written word that tells you a lot about these people? But I'm going right. to, I'm going to get it. I, I, yeah, I you will. <laughs> Do you, uh, so are you, are you there with, you live with, do you live with anybody there? Are you married? Are you? Yes, I have a fiance. Um, a so fiance. Oh, yeah. Congratulations. Now, Thank you very much. do you, do you talk about your books with anybody or do you, and, or do you keep it mum? I, I do like to chat them through with a couple of people. So uh, my agent obviously knows what I'm working on because it's important that she knows what I'm working on <laughs> okay. uh, and my editor as well. Um, but I'll, I'll chat with my fiance. And I also sometimes, I, I come from a journalist background. So I ah, oh, was okay. a TV news producer for a very long time. Ah. I did digital. I, I led a content team for a tech company when I moved over from journalism. So I, I have this background that is very, very collaborative and very feedback-based. And so sometimes I'll turn around to my fiance or my sister or my mom or my dad and just be like, right. So this is where I'm stuck. And I just need to talk at really? you. Really? Really? myself. Oh my God. <laughs> mom, look at you already. It's already happening. They're making you British. They got you there. So is your Absolutely. fiance British? Yes. Oh, you're married. Okay. All right. So your kids, if you, should you have any, will be dual citizens. Exactly. Exactly. So does does he? Uh, what? Because you know, my wife's a writer, and so I don't need to tell her. I could just say, "This is what it's like," and she not. I mean, she goes through it. I go through it. What's his relationship to writing? Well, I think he is 
he's very, very supportive of it. But I think That's he good. is very honest that he didn't know what the life was like um, before right. he met me, because I think a lot of people have ideas of what it must be like being an yeah. author. And, and a lot of the life is sitting in front of a laptop working away. <laughs> That's what it um, is. <laughs> and sort of trying to solve these problems that you have gotten yourself into. And That's you're, right. You're the only person who can get out of it. And so um, he is very good about that. And he's very good about sort of the, how is it going? How is, oh, you're in the difficult middle section right. okay no problem what do you need oh good um, all right so good husband or husband very to very good, good partner husband yes yeah that's good because <laughs> you know it's a life you gotta he's gotta accept you're going into that room and the people who are very real to you are talking to you yeah and they mean and something sometimes they're not agreeing it's that's, very right. that's right that's <laughs> right well that's great oh uh, i'm sure so so far you've been in so the book just come out you've been having besides talking to people like me have you oh, it's been done great. any kind of events or anything there in england or london are you so i've, I've been mostly virtual because of the book coming out first in the u.s and canada um so ah, i've okay. been doing doing the zoom thing and okay. uh, lots of lots of interviews virtually which is great this was a this was one of the silver linings that came out of the, the pandemic was yeah. people being able to do these things. Yeah. And it's been, it's been wonderful for me because it means that I get to, I get to talk to people, talk to readers. And um, if it's, it's a funny thing being in the UK, I don't see when my books come out in bookstores, you know, I'm, I'm here, I'm not in the U S and right. so um, again, maybe that's part of the sort of together. Doesn't it publish in Britain also? Some of them do, but often on a on a delay. So oh. I don't actually see it happen when the book is oh. first out in the world. Oh, interesting. Okay. All right. Well, I'm sure it's going to do great. And I'm sure Thank you'll you. figure out your next book and it'll be great. So keep Thank on going. You. Congratulations. I'm not done with you yet. Okay. Yeah. I got one more question for you. What okay. I want you to do is I want you to think about all the books you've written, all the writing you've done, the journalism, the romance, the historical, all of it. If writing has taught you anything, it's taught you what? Oh, I I think in terms of practical writing advice, it's taught me that. No, 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 no. no. What is it just taught you? It can teach oh, I mean, anything, anything. It's, it's taught me to have a huge amount of empathy for people who have lived a very different experience than I have. Ah. And that everybody... Um, everybody has a reason for doing what they're doing, even if I, if, even if I don't understand it. And so trying to find that empathy in characters and then trying to find that empathy with people in the real world is a, is a big part of that. Good answer. Good answer. I agree. I agree. We got it. We, we just, we become, so, we become something other than ourselves when we write, don't we? Absolutely. And Absolutely. it feels pretty damn good. All right, Julia, thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you. I appreciate it. See, Julia, she's a pro. You can tell she's a pro. So she was trying to give a good professional answer. I don't, I don't blame her for that, but that's not what we're looking for. That's not what we're looking for. Empathy, that's right. Taught her empathy. You got to be, you know, because you're not yourself in a way when you write. You kind of disappear, like we said. So, yeah, pretty good answer. Pretty cool woman. Go out and get that book. I'm sure it's great. So I want to thank my producer, RJ Jeffries. Thank you, my friend, and to all of you out there. Have some empathy. Look, at we're all doing this. We're all doing the best we can, aren't we? Yes. Come on, everybody. Everyone's trying to figure it out. Everyone's looking for the things they love. So are you. So 
When you find it, whatever it is, if it's writing, great, of course. But if it's anything else, doesn't matter. Anything you love to do, you find it and you do it. Do it.